Welcome, wayward ones, to Housecraft, the Witching Hour. Uh, come in, come in. You wouldn't want to let in that cold. And I've heard the Mari Luit is afoot. And you know we can't let that in. We are so pleased you could join us for our Yuletide celebration. Some people hate this time of year, but I love it myself. I love my community and family and friends fiercely, and I look at this entire month as a time to celebrate and enjoy spending time with them. Oh, what's a Mariluid? Such a fun legend. The Mariluid is also known as the Grey Mare. We're not entirely sure where this tradition originates as far as whether it's rooted in Christianity or pre-Christian legends, but we do know it is a Welsh tradition that's still celebrated today. With this traditional folk custom, folks would go with sailing with a big stick with a horse's skull on the end, and it would be carried by an individual that would hide under a sackcloth. They'd decorate the skull with ribbons and bells and flowers, so it's really quite the spectacle. They would go door to door, begging any reason they could find to get inside for food and drink. And the homeowners would have to find the reasons the Māori Luid couldn't come in, because then they could come in and eat all of your food and drink all of your booze. All sorts of general mischief can be expected once the Māori Luid is allowed entrance, and I have my hands full enough as it is. Legend has it that the Māori Luid was a horse, pregnant with foal, in the stable where the Virgin Mary gives birth to Jesus. This horse was moved outside to make room for the birth of Christ. Somehow, this translated to don't let the Māori Luid in in mischief. This custom usually begins at dusk and often lasts late into the night, as Yuletide shenanigans often do. Sometimes the Māori Luid would be accompanied by merry men who played music. One of these merry men, Punch, carried a long firearm, and he was always accompanied by Judy, who carried a large besom. If you let him in, it said they'd put out the hearth fires and sweep it all over the house. The Mari Luit itself would snap its jaws at children and women to freak them out and scare them. But the important thing to know is, should they arrive, they'll sing a verse asking us to come in and we have to be able to say no. Also in verse, if we lose, they can come in. And that with the fairies, it would be too much chaos in one home for one evening. But the important thing to know is should they arrive, they'll sing a verse at us asking to come in and we have to be able to say no. Also in verse, if we lose, they can come in and that with the fairies, it would just be too much chaos for one evening. But we have plenty to do to prepare for Yule if you have but a moment to lend a hand before your lessons. Right this way to the great hall, it's right off the kitchens. Now, if you want to grab a box of ornaments and start throwing them up on that tree, that would help so much. As you can see, we've laid a Yule log in the fire for the feast already. This custom goes all the way back to ancient Scandinavia as a Norse festival known as Jol? Yol? I don't know, but don't come at me for it. They had a lot of similarities with other Yule traditions as far as lights, fires, and feasting. But it also may have had an element of sacrifice to it too. A lot of cows were slaughtered in the winter, in those cold Germanic areas because they couldn't feed them in the harsh winters. So, and there are arguments more recently that do disagree with this, but it has been speculated that Yule is like a Norse Day of the Dead, if you will. 
as they'd slaughter and then leave sacrifices to their ancestors since the meat was so abundant. Fire was another huge theme, and they would burn an ash log to honor the god Thor. The Celtics actually also burned hearth fires year-round. Remember how we relit that hearth flame at Beltane? In order to keep the fire burning, they would bring in a whole oak tree and place it trunk first into the hearth, and put aside the rest to keep burning the next year's fire. It was believed that the longer the Yule log burned, the faster the sun would return to the earth and bring back spring and summer. The Celtic people called Yule Alban Arthen, and they believed that from December 19th until December 31st, the sun stood still. And if they could keep a fire flickering and burning all 12 of those days, they would convince the sun to move and the days would be longer again. They would gather mistletoe from the oak trees to ward off evil spirits and grant them good luck. See how all of these symbols that we see in all of these different winter traditions are starting to tie together? I mean, that's the whole point of Yule, really. When the days grew colder and shorter and the nights got longer, the pre-Christian Germanic people would light candles and fires to gather around and try and lure the sun back to the earth. There was feasting and dancing and houses were decorated in evergreen and candles, all inviting the spring to return. Let's be real, winter can get super depressing. I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely get seasonal depression. And all of the excitement and community and bright lights of the Yuletide season really helped push those off for me for a while. I know, it's not for everyone, that's just how I feel. Like those cute little dehydrated orange slice ornaments you may have seen me post on all of our social media lately? Those are also representative of the sun. Everything comes back to that moment of, okay, Winter is here. There's nothing we can do about it. But maybe the sun will come back sooner if we make it cool and dope to come hang out with us. No matter where it started, it's a really cool way to say we've reached our shortest day of the year. It's only up from here. I think that's something worth celebrating. I miss my garden and the sunlight and early mornings of gathering my own crops and herbs and eggs from my land to make breakfast. I hate to be that person, but I worked really hard for them and they've become a part of who I am. But I just have to wait out the winter. But not for much longer, and that makes it my very favorite solstice. That being said, I've taken extra care to prepare your tarot lesson for today. We've never done anything quite like this at the Housecraft Home for Wayward Witches, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Tis the season and all. Grab a cup of cocoa and cozy up by the fire. We wanted to make an episode the whole family could enjoy and learn from for witchings young and old. And everyone knows the story of a Christmas carol. But have you ever heard it told by tarot? Today we'll conclude part three of our major arcana series. To help tell this story, I'll need to summon another handful of spirits and a brand new fool. He's absolutely perfect for this story. He's someone you've certainly heard of. Someone who perfectly exemplifies the third leg of the fool's journey. Ebenezer, are you there? Blessed Yule. Yes, yes. A Merry Christmas indeed. Bah humbug. 
<laughs> well, are you jolly? Don't you know this is the season of giving? Give? Give to who? To the poor? Why should I help them? Help anyone? If they're going to die, they better do it and decrease the surplus population. Wow, I figured Dickens was exaggerating how much of a jackass you really were for narrative effect, but you really are a miserable old goat, aren't you? <laughs> well, I think I know who can sort you out. Let us draw our first card for the evening. Jacob, Robert, Marley brothers, attend us and help your old friend avoid a terrible fate. Little Ebenezer? He's not little anymore. <laughs> a card? Which one is it? The devil? That's our favorite. <laughs> We're here to warn you not to end up like us. We only made it this far in our journey. And then we got stuck. We did. The temptation of our greed, of our lust, they were too much for us. We couldn't control ourselves, could we, brother? <laughs> we didn't have the self-control. We were addicted. Chained down in our self-made hells. These chains were forged one by one by our habits of cruelty with each act of selfishness. We should have learned while we were alive that there was so much beyond this physical and material world. You will be visited by three spirits. Expect the first when the clock tolls one. Well, that was a rather stern warning, wasn't it, Scrooge? Your friends never escaped the devil card. Although the chains around their neck were loose their whole lives, they could have slipped them off and continued on their journey. How tragic. In true Dickens fashion, tonight you will be haunted by three spirits. You cannot hope to shun the path we tread. Expect the first when the bell tolls one. The ghost should be here. Where is she? Up. Oh, wait a sec. Come right in. Oh, what is this? The tower card. Yes, that is fitting. You are still under the power of the devil card, Ebenezer. Let go of those chains. They look so heavy. And we must be light. Take my hand and we shall fly back to a Christmas a long time ago. This was that first Christmas when the lightning bolt touched your life, wasn't it, Ebenezer? Such a tragedy. For years you chose your work over family and eventually lost everyone. And everyone who might have been. When a person loses all meaning, they sour and turn wicked and selfish. When your life fell apart, the horror and catastrophe of the tower fell all around you. Why then do you still stand in the ashes and ruin of your former life? You've been falling out of this tower since this Christmas decades ago, haven't you? But take heart. 
You've already begun to heal this night. You are finally free of your chains. You need only learn what to do now that you are free. After all, falling can be a light frightening. Do not stray from the path. Here, so close to the end. Look to the heavenly likes, Ebenezer. Take heed. Stay here in this ruin no longer. Wow, I thought this was like a puff piece Christmas special. Kinda heavy there, spirits. Let's hope this next ghost is a little more merry. Guess we'll find out soon when the clock tolls two. A Christmas card! Oh, it's the star! I'll rest it atop my Christmas tree for all to see. Come, Ebenezer, take a seat and listen and know me better, man. This star means hope. The hope it takes to recover after the destruction of the tower. This star is peace, calm, and openness. It's a lot like Christmas that way. <laughs> the tower tends to act as an emotional dam, blocking the flow of our feelings. But now that the tower is destroyed, and with the star overhead, all that suppressed feeling can once again begin to move. Now, Ebenezer, look there. Bob Cratchit's house. Ah, they're having Christmas dinner. Yes, the meal looks simple and small, but they seem very happy in spite of how meager Bob's salary is. You know they know the true meaning of Christmas. Oh, that boy. That is Tiny Tim. He's really been struggling with his health, but with no money for doctors or hospitals, what are the Cratchits to do? Well, if he's going to die, he'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. Ah, yes, Ebenezer. I know you're quite sorry. The star has already begun to work its magic on your heart. It has a way of making us feel more connected to the universe, to other people. What will happen to Tiny Tim? I don't know. I'm not the ghost of Christmas yet to come. I only see the now. Reflect on your present blessings, of which every man has many. Not your past misfortunes, of which all men have some. Understand this, and don't forget it. After tragedy, after collapse, do not become blocked off from the world. Do not become small. Ho, ho, ho! Open your heart, embrace your feelings, and dare to hope. But my time grows short. Look to the moon, and when the clock tolls three, go forth and know her better, man. Well, he was a nice ghost, wasn't he? Jolly. Kind of reminded me of someone.
Oh, that's odd. Where did all this fog come from? Kind of spooky. Whoa, this guy is super spooky. Hey, are you like the Grim Reaper? I guess he isn't feeling chatty. He just keeps gesturing at Ebenezer and pointing at that grave. It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. It is doomed to wander through the world. Ugh, woe is me, and witness what it cannot share but might have shared on Earth and turn to happiness. Well, I guess it's up to me. It seems like he wants you to look closer at that headstone, Scrooge. What's it say? It's all grimy and hard to read. E. B. E. N. Oh. Oh, wow. It must be a mind trip to see your own name engraved in granite like that. Appropriate for the moon card, though. Facing our own mortality. Facing the fear of the unknown. That's what the moon card is all about. It's the beginning of the end of the fool's journey. Hounds howl and bay at the moon, suggesting madness. When the fool looks up into the star, he finds hope there. But when he peers up into the reflected light of the moon, all he finds is illusion. And all he feels is fear of the unknown. That's how you must feel, Ebenezer, as you behold your own grave. Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends, to which, if persevered in, they must lead. But if courses be departed from, the ends will change. Say it is thus with what you show me. Say it is! Terrified, not ready to let go of the last of your ego, still clinging to the ruins of the tower you've been living in, relying on for so long. But I think if you put these lessons into practice and take them to heart, you may find joy and peace in what time you have left and perhaps beyond. Oh, there he goes. I guess the clocks are about to toll four. Goodbye, scary ghost of Yuletide futures. Hmm, that was all the various ghosts of Yuletide, but I still have a few cards left to go. Oh, Ebenezer, look! It's morning. It is morning, isn't it? Christmas morning. The spirits, they did it all in one night. Oh, I'm as joyous as a child. I'm as light as a feather. The spirits, they help me see that it is better to accept life and its twin, mortality as they are. To relish in the mystery of what lies beyond rather than to fear it. I always sought to know my proper place in the cosmos, but now I understand. One may choose wonder and delight and be content in not knowing. No longer do mine eyes perceive the fearful illusory light of the moon, and so cannot fear death. The truer light of the sun is upon me. 
It is a testament of the great other thing which lies beyond the senses, beyond intellect. I am changed, spirits. Spirits, I, I will live my life in the past, the present, and the future. I am free. My chains are shattered. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, ghosts of many Christmases. You! There, boy! Boy, do, do you know the poultry shop down the next street? Well, that just about wraps up the fool's journey, or at least the fool's lifespan. Here in the judgment card, the fool dies. The hero journeys through life, learning valuable lessons along the way. In the first leg, the fool is conceived, is born, and develops into a person. And in the second leg, the fool wrestles with himself and with fate. In this third and final leg, the fool breaks free from bondage, comes to terms with death, and passes into the unknown. Complete, balanced, and at peace. Everything the fool has learned, all they have done, all they have created is brought with them to that exact moment of death. These things fill the dying fool with joy and light so bright that it must cast its rays into the beyond. Grave figures stand up and rejoice in their graves. The trumpet calls them home, home to heaven or Valhalla, to Fiddler's Green in the land of dream, to the underworld of Hades or Anubis, to the cosmic oceans of spiritual being from which all souls come. Wherever it goes, judgment is what calls. As our friend Ebenezer Scrooge has demonstrated, one can change which gifts one brings to offer death. If you are still drawing breath, there is time. Lay aside your chains, your burdens, and your swords. Find the light and the joy and bring them with you into the unknown. No space of regret can make amends for one's life's opportunities misused. And here, in the world card, the fool is victorious. Not through conquest or dominion over others, but through balance and harmony. Here, the fool becomes all of the world. Floating, balanced, powerful, unburdened, and androgynous. The Fool rejoins that other great thing that exists beyond our comprehension. And there is where our earthly knowledge ends. Perhaps many more steps along the Fool's journey do exist, waiting for each of us beyond the world. But we will just have to be patient, won't we? Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! May God... Or Goddess... Bless us. Everyone! Blessed you, wayward ones. <laughs> what a beautiful way to wrap our series. I hope your season is merry and bright, and if it is not, that you can find some light in the darkness. It was so lovely that you could... Oh, will someone grab the door, please? I'm, I'm so glad you could make it out this evening. It means so much to us when you can... Oh, no... Merry meet, merry meet, can we please come in? 
Your cabin looks so nice and warm and we're as cold as in. Hey, merry meat, merry meat, have you soup or bread? Let us in as fast as you can or else we'll soon be dead. So sorry, my dear sirs, I'm afraid I can't allow. Any extra guests this year, I'll run all out of chow. Our internet is out, we haven't got all day. We have to know if Jinx Monsoon will slay or will sashay. Oh, merry meet, merry meet, can we please come in? Sorry dude, that's season five, I'll tell you who will win. We got this? As long as we can keep this rhyming game up, they can't come in. My wine cellar is safe. Please don't close the door too fast. There's much to say this evening. Do you have some time to talk about complaints we've been receiving? The neighbors call at noon and night and early in the morning. When your grass reaches this height, we must issue a warning. Are you freaking kidding me? I do not pay a whole mortgage for some HOA pundit to come tell me what I can do with my- Ah, you lost! In we go, boys! The wine cellar awaits! Watch the floors, take your shoes off! (laughs) And with that, dear listener, I bid you adieu from Madam Lou and the rest of the Housecraft gang. A world of thanks to Justin Day for accidentally starring in this whole episode. Taylor Day, Kate Flower for not only her amazing vocal skills, but help with editing. Adam Murphy and writing by Winfield Shaw and myself. If you want behind the scenes fun and bloopers from this episode, be sure to check us out on Patreon for more exclusive content. Every little bit goes such a long way with keeping our programs running and without our Patreon, well, I don't know where we'd be. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and threads at Housecraft Official or join our group on Facebook at the Housecraft Home for Wayward Witches. Blessed you, Wayward One, and thank you again for joining us here on Housecraft The Witching Hour.